What time is it? Hello and welcome to the Bible Dig Godcast, a fun-filled exploration of archaeology and the Bible. And now, here are your hosts, author J.S. Earls and attorney Peter A. Papoutsas. There is a historian named Grafton Elliott Smith who has said from all his research and everything that um, circumcision is the world's oldest planned surgical procedure. Nice. What you see in the early uh, chapters and early books of the Pentateuch or the Torah is you see all of these foreshadowings of, you know, what you're going to find in the later law of the Torah. You know, like, you know, again, don't eat shrimp, don't eat pork, you know, circumcision after, you know, uh, you know after eight days from the child is born after, you know, eight days after the child is born, get him, get him circumcised. All of these laws for that part of the world at that time were very much needed from a sanitary point of view. However, what we see in, in Genesis and what we see later on in um, uh, the other parts of the, of the Torah is it stops being a, a purely utilitarian, necessary sanitary thing, and it becomes a religious um, um, thing. Okay. Like we have baptism, they have circumcision, meaning right, the Jews right. and the Muslims. And the, the reason for that is, is that let's be honest here. That's a commitment. That's a huge commitment. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, we've talked about the benefits of circumcision, but there's also, you know, uh, a very downside to circumcision, not necessarily, you know, after you're circumcised and, and all that. I mean, yeah, there's some redness and bleeding that could happen, etc. but it's nothing permanent. It's nothing that's going to, you know, uh, permanently uh, harm you. But uh, there are downsides to, to circumcision that if it's not done right, this is where the commitment part comes in. If it's not done right, it, it will harm the child. It will harm right. the young boy. And there's a very well-known case and I think it started in Canada and came to America, but it's a very well-known case where there were these, uh, I believe, two twin boys that were born to a couple. I think it was in, in Canada. I can't remember where, if it was Vancouver or Toronto or what have you, or Manitoba. I can't remember where. And, the, you know, the babies were born. They were taken in for a wellness check. The doctor said, hey, you know, we have this new uh, electro, you know, uh, cutter that we're using. This is like the 1960s. And we would like to use this so that we could, um, you know, circumcise, uh, your boys. Um, and so they took in the first boy and they used this electro cutter and it seared almost down to nothing, the little boy's penis. Okay. So why do I bring up that story? Because if people want to hear about it, there's more to that story later on that you can research right. is because it's a commitment. You're actually committing yourself to something because that's a very intimate part of a man's body. It's a very intimate part of a man's body. You know, as the old joke goes, there's no nothing that's sharp that ever goes down there. <laughs> there's nothing that ever that's sharp that goes down there. And so for God to have chosen circumcision to be a, a sign in the flesh for men 
to show that these people are part of my covenant. That's a huge commitment for a man. Okay. And uh, to quote, um, uh, what's his name? Dennis Prager. Uh, and uh, I would uh, uh, also advise people and encourage people to see his videos on Prager U. He goes into a lot of why, you know, certain things happen in the Torah uh, as opposed to other things. And one of the things that he makes a, a, a point about is that, you know, why do we always ascribe, you know, male pronouns to God? And the reason why we, we ascribe male pro, pronouns to God is because Prager makes the argument, and maybe you can disagree, but I, I actually agree with him, is that men tend to commit a lot of the violence and aggression in the world. And what the, the Torah, the Bible was trying to do was to make a more uh, irenic, ideal just world. And to do that, you had to harness the aggression and the um, hostility of men. And what Prager was saying is that's that's why we give male pronouns to God, to have men identify with a male figure. And we also have to break down their intimacies. I'm sorry, their walls to make them more open and more intimate with their fellow man and fellow people. And so this is just one of them. This is just one of those features where a commitment is made by men to control and harness them for the good instead of the bad, and circumcision is so intimate and is such a commitment that uh, we can see why God chose this, because if you're going to believe in me, you're going to believe in me. You're going to make a commitment in your flesh. And you're not going to just make it like on your arm or your big toe or whatever. No, you're going to go right to, you know, as we used to say, the the, the heathen region, <laughs> you know, right into the into the most intimate part of a man. So that's a commitment that's, that that bespeaks to a huge commitment that a man makes to become part of the covenant family of God and to follow God. And I think that that's um, I think that's why God chose circumcision, not just for a sanitary not just for sanitary purposes, but also for religious purposes. Well, I'll say this too, um, just because. Well, da, 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 uh, since I since I thought of it while you were saying it, that um, and since Paul um, touch uh, touches on uh, circumcision, um, yes, the uh, <clears throat> and since we keep saying it, of it being a sanitary thing, uh, and yes, the, the yes. way that he. That um, and we're saying it's a physically sanitary thing that um, he, you know, when he says you like having uncircumcised hearts and uncircumcised ears and uncircumcised lips. I mean, he's 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 kind of talking about uh, being clean spiritually, you know, and being sanitary spiritually, spiritual sanitation. Um, Correct. With with Correct. with being clean. So <clears throat> as you think about those things. Uh, that you don't get distracted by the term circumcision and un- right, un- understand right. what what he's re- you know what he's really meaning is to is to uh, be clean. Let's see in Exodus five two through nine we read that uh, the Israelites were circumcised at Gilgal and thus the reproach of Egypt was rolled away. Um, one of the terms that Egypt had for Moses was the reproach of Egypt, and I did not know this, but he was not circumcised because. He because they knew contrary to the way some of our mo- <laughs> way some of our movies have presented things according to the Bible they knew that that he was a uh, Hebrew child and because 
circumcision was a sign of kind of prestige and things in Egypt, um, he was not circumcised. Even though the Hebrews were doing it for religious reasons, because it, it meant that in, in Egypt that you had like authority and power and things like that, and that they were slaves, they refused them to be allowed to be circumcised. So let me ask you this then. So yeah. you're telling me that, that I know I'm playing devil's advocate here. No, no, no. Uh, so, you're so you're telling me that God rose up Moses, the greatest prophet of all time, and he was not circumcised? Yep. But he was still part of the covenant of God? Yep. When the Israelites are supposed to be working, Moses took them out into the desert to be circumcised. Yes. I'm assuming that that's probably when Moses got circumcised, too. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that for a fact, but... Maybe we can have a little Facebook discussion on whether, you know, uh, Moses was circumcised. Because, you know, you know, there's another thing when you said that. Here's a question. And this goes to the apostles. Were the apostles baptized? Show me in the show me in the New Testament where it shows that the apostles were baptized. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that they weren't. Maybe they were later on, and maybe there's an ancient Christian tradition that says that they were. I'm not aware of it right now. But what we're finding out about Abraham is a very good question. Was Abraham? I'm sorry, not Abraham, but Moses, Moses. was Moses circumcised? Maybe there's an ancient Hebrew tradition out there that we're not aware of that he was later on. You know, like Abraham was when he was ninety nine. So I don't. I don't know. I did that. That part I did not research. Yeah, and but I would. Uh, but I. But I would love to open that up to like a Facebook discussion to see if anybody knows about that. Uh, according to the strange and obscure account of the circumcision by Zipporah of her eldest son in Exodus four twenty five, the performance of the rite in the in the case of the son apparently possesses a vicarious value. For thereby Moses becomes a bridegroom of blood. The marriage bond is ratified by the rite of blood. But it is possible that the author's, being the author of Genesis, uh, meaning is that owing to the fact that Moses had not been circumcised, and that's why they um, termed him as the reproach of Egypt, he was not fit to enter the matrimonial estate. Because he was not circumcised. Right. So was he ever circumcised? Okay, so God tells him to, to take the Israelites into the desert to get circumcised. The males, obviously. Um, yeah. The Pharaoh has a fit and is like, who do they think they are Like to go and get circumcised? I mean, because he's offended from the fleshly side of it. They're sla there are slaves, and they're acting like they're upper-class Egyptians by getting circumcised and stuff. He gets so mad that he starts telling them that when they, uh, when they come back, uh, that he's telling the people over them that, um, that they would, the Egypt would provide them with straws to make bricks and things. And now because they did that and they all, and they all went and got circumcised, um, because, uh, Moses told them to and brought them in the desert to do that, that, um, he says that they're going to uh, then make them gather their own straw. We're not going to give them straw anymore to make bricks. Right. They have to right. go get it themselves. Uh, one on one of the tombs, there's an inscription. There's an image of one of the uh, pharaohs or or something like that that is that he's getting um, circumcised, and that's the oldest evidence that they have found. Um, 
but they also have on other things they have uh some images or whatever or the stories of um that Ra circumcised himself. Who 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 circumcised himself? The god Ra. Well, that's a uh, that's why he's a god. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. all. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we could go into so much other stuff, but I think I, I really think the message, you know, is about with this whole thing is about, especially because of of God wanting to set them apart and everything too. Is he he's kind of taking them from this place, and if that was a symbol in Egypt that they were doing at that time, which according to our, to the archaeological evidence, it was. Um, but if that was that to them, and then God's telling them to do this, this is just another example of God just showing the uh, authority and the kind of the kingship and priesthood and all and all this stuff with Abraham and with his descendants of you know the pa- it, It's a way. It could be a way for for God to be communicating the authority and uh and power and everything that he's giving them like they're seeing this in a in a fleshly way and in in a more normal way and then eventually like after christ and everything it's going to be transitioning into a spiritual way of the you know spiritual power and spiritual authority um and the uh uh spiritual sanitariness it's it's interesting that um that he made so Ishmael was not circumcised, but but yeah, but 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 Ishmael was circumcised. Yeah, because circumcision didn't come until you had a direct command from God. Um, yeah. But but it, not, but but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I did yeah. I just did some quick research. So there's yeah. a there's a question. There's a very big question uh, whether Moses was circumcised or not. Yeah, which Is I that, never okay? knew either until we were t- right. to, to we're preparing right. for this episode. Now, now, if you now th- there's some Jewish organizations, the more ultra orthodox Hasidic Jewish organizations, uh, and you can and you can find this on Shabbat.org. To get around this problem, they say, "Oh well, Moses didn't need to be circumcised; he was born circumcised." Okay. <laughs> so, so uh, here uh, uh, the Midrash uh, Tanchuma lists Moses among seven special people who were born circum born circumcised. They are Adam, Seth, Noah, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and Job. And now, because of this episode, I never knew there was such a thing as being born circumcised. To be honest with you, but they're saying that Adam was was circumcised, born circumcised. Seth born circumcised. Noah, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and Job. Okay. Uh, both of these midrash, as well as the Talmud and the Shemat Rabbah, see an allusion to Moses Moses being circumcised, you know, with with his association with all these other people that they that that the Shabbat Lupovich people say were born circumcised: Adam, Seth, Noah, Shem, etc. Okay, okay, look, that is what it is. That's part of their religious tradition, and I get where they're coming from. They they're trying to explain how a Egyptian born Although his heritage was Jewish, he was Egyptian-born. There is no scriptural evidence that he was circumcised, but he's one of their greatest prophets. So they got to figure out a way to bring him into the covenant. <laughs> you know, so aha, he was born circumcised. How these other people were born circumcised, I don't know because I didn't. I never read that in the scripture either. But it is what it is. But to go to more scholarly. And more biblically based uh, sources, we don't know. 
We really don't know. Moses may not have been circumcised and yet be the greatest prophet of Israel. If nothing else, they could kind of be considered spiritually circumcised. That's actually what Paul was saying when we get yeah. into the Testament. Yeah. And the, the, you know, and it definitely seems because of the, you know, the plan that God had for their lives, you know, that like God circumcised them spiritually or whatever, that he purified them or did things in their life to help them be more pure so that they could accomplish uh, what he needed to the, uh, him them to accomplish for for others. Well, I think that, and it's not just me thinking this because we also have the testimony of Saint Paul in the New Testament, and, and we also have it from the biblical record that we just read. Circumcision is simply a sign right. in the flesh that you're part of the covenant family of God. Circumcision doesn't make you a member of the covenant family of God. It may, it gives you the sign that you're part of that family, that you're part of that covenant. So I think that the problem that people were having over the centuries is that, and, and St. Paul brings this up because this, this was a major issue in the early, early church is circumcision does not put you into the covenant. Right. Circumcision is just a sign that you're part of the covenant because otherwise, you know, what was St. Paul talking about and what was, the, the biblical author talking about when it said that Abraham's faith is what, you know, was reckoned to him as righteousness. Right. Well, it wasn't his circumcision, it was his faith. And so what you see with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, uh, Moses, Joshua, Gideon, all the way down, and this is now affirmed by Christ, is it's the faith that is important, your faith in God and keeping his commandments. And that's why you become spiritually circumcised in your heart. And that's what Christ taught us. This is what St. Paul taught us. And I think this is what's going on, especially when we get to Moses, but it's a sign. That's all it is. At this point, it's a sign that you're part of the covenant. You know, like, I, and I think as Pete said, it was bringing up about putting a male aspect on God. I think so much of the, um, the most of the circumcision being dealing with men and male I don't know. I, I guess. I, I guess that you know. I, I think Pete kind of knows where I'm going with this. Yeah, I would. I would. Rec I would strongly recommend because I've seen the video and it's a very good video by Dennis Prager from Prager U, where he describes. You know, why do we talk about God as a male? You know, why do we say He? Why do we say our Father? You know, because clearly God is neither male nor female from a purely fleshy gender point of view. You know, he's above those things. He transcends those things. But there's a male aspect to the Bible and to God, as Dennis Prager has argued, because it is men who commit most of the violence, the hostility, the aggression, especially back then. But, you know, you could also say even today, you can say that today. Just look at the 20th century. You know, between 1914 and 1945, we had over 200 million people killed, and it was mostly because of wars and you know, conflicts that were started by men. So the Bible that wants to create a more just and loving world um, had that emphasis on men because he, the Bible realized that, yeah, women have got their own problems, but they're nothing like the problems that men have, the more deadly aspects that men have. So we're going to control them. We're going to ameliorate them. And so 
you identify God as your father, as a male, because all the attributes that God has, now we men can say, oh, well, if God, the father, the male, has these attributes, then me as a man, I can have them as well. At least that's what Dennis Prager was arguing. It's a great video. Go on to PragerU, check it out. Dennis Prager gets really into it. I, I do endorse and agree with his view in reading the scriptures, and I'm not going to get any more into it because that could be a, a, a future Bible Dig episode. I think that there's a lot more to that issue, but I'm not prepared to talk about it today. And I'll just leave it at that. For more info on the Bible Dig Godcast, please visit the Bible Dig Facebook page. And remember, when in doubt, just get diggy with it. You didn't do your mute thing right. <laughs> I totally heard you cough. Um, oh, you, so you, you heard me cough? Yeah. Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, can we edit that part out? How about now? Can you hear me now? Yeah. You can hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Well, what that's the, probably, what the heck? That's probably not working. Oh man! So you've, you've been hearing me like cough and uh, and I, the whole time? Yeah, all the farting and everything. No, you better edit that stuff out. <laughs> better edit it out, or we're gonna have a little, you know, little problem here. Come on, you're making me sound like a barbarian. You are what you are. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things. Yeah, it's not blocked. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Edit that out, please. <laughs>